Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was going to do like the greetings, loved ones. But I used to do that all the time. <laughs> I think we've uh, started with that opening 14 times. Because you always sing that, I know this. Okay. And now we're doing it again. <laughs> I think that um, one conspiracy theory that doesn't exist, but I'm now making up, is Katy Perry fans. Like, Katy Perry is like actively like touring and like selling out. But like, I couldn't name a Katy Perry song that didn't come out in 2007. <laughs> Who's selling her out? <laughs> now she's a judge on American Idol, right? Uh, yes. Is I will American say, Idol still on? I feel like I've seen half of the season of American Idol, despite never watching it, because I see it on Instagram, or I see it on TikTok. Yeah. And I, like, knew who my favorites are, but I don't know who's competing. Exactly. And I think people are hating on Katy Perry right now, because she told one contestant to stop singing so theater-like, and she said to her, get the thespian out of you, and people got really mad at that. But the person had the theater eyes, and I just knew that you would agree with Katy Perry, because Cindy said, when I sing in my Broadway musical theater way, that I get really big theater eyes. Like, how would you describe that? Just, like, very wide yes. eyes. It's like, you know when you're, like, watching theater, I guess? Like people <laughs> yeah, sing, <I> do. <laughs> and they just, like, they're, they're just staring at you, and you're like, where do I look? Like, do I look back at them? Or do I look away? Um, no, I know you're talking about, but she's right. Like, stop singing in cursive. Like, SZA, love her. That's my girl. Yeah. If someone held a gun Why? to my head, or any, actually, any other blunt weapon, and was like, what did she just say? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that, uh, you know, like, that's what I know. I don't know the actual words. Do you know that Vine by Trish where he goes, I got tomatoes and avocados. People that seem like that, I'd be like, please <laughs> take a breath. I can't, if I can hear the breathiness of your breath in my ears, it makes you so uncomfortable. And then like, those people are the ones who also talk normally too, you know? The, after they're done singing, they'll go right back to having a normal conversation. I'm like, you don't talk like that. Like one of my favorite singers, Baby Rose, is that her? Yes, that's her name. I think that's her name. She's my favorite. I don't know her name. Yes, Baby Rose. Um, and like one of her songs, she like, it goes like, 
and breeze in the beginning, and I have to skip it. It actually, like, <laughs> hold on. I have to play it for you. Sydney has a major problem with people chewing and, like, chewing gum, chewing food, and making noises with their mouths and saliva and stuff. So this checks out. No, like, if I don't want to hear any salivation happening from you, <laughs> you know? But the weird thing is, is, like, I only care if I'm close to them. Like, if you're a rando, chew along. Chew happily. But, like, if we're, like, close, like, you're a family, family member of mine... It may, I can like if you, when you have your headphones and I can hear her tongue and it, <clears throat> See, it does crazy. that there's this one song of hers Breathe Me that I really love it's on my Sad Girl playlist and I listened to it the other day and you can hear the saliva rearranging in her mouth as she's singing because she's so close to the microphone like this and I actually kind of it's like very ASMR-y I kind of like it well see let's, let's take out the part where I play the song because copyright yeah so <laughs> Sydney did indeed play us the song but um, we copyright. can't play it on here because of copyright Oh my guess, god. Guess where I learned that? Where? Law school. Ooh, we Ooh, yeah. applying what I know. <laughs> we also had an old friend who, it's not the same thing, but she used to talk like this. <clears throat> so yesterday I went to the store. Kardashian it's, on crack. What's it called? Vocal fry, but vocal fry. I have vocal fry. Sydney, you have vocal fry. Kim Kardashian has vocal fry. <laughs> this woman had, I don't even know what to call it, French fry. Like it was so bad. It sounded like like she was just gargling rocks at all time and Sydney and I did we used to get so annoyed we used to look at each other like oh like I'm literally living in the valley in LA yeah you can't you cannot listen to valley voices can't no. do it can't do it so funny oh my god I went to go see Moulin to answer your previous question I went to go see Moulin Rouge with my mom and if I don't know if he talked about Derek Klenna on this podcast but he's on my hall pass list, and I saw him on the stage, and we made eye contact, and it was just a really beautiful moment. And that's what I do when I go to see musical theater or plays. I look at the actor in the eyeball. But see, like, if someone looked at me in the eye, I'd be like, do I know you? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I want you to get to know me. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Guys, I never know. <laughs> and I took my mom to go see it for the first time and she was really amazed as well by the set design and the songs because I don't know if you've ever been to Moulin Rouge but I would say if you come to visit New York City if you don't already live here if you do already live here and you need to see another show Moulin Rouge is so it's good, really good. I replaced Phantom of the Opera for me for sure I thought you were talking to me when you were like on the scene now. I was like, girl, I literally saw it with you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> last year it was so cute. I think we told this story, but for those of you who aren't new, for my birthday last year, it was the sweetest, most considerate gift. Sydney surprised me because she knows I love surprises. She told me we were going to a influencer event, which was believable. And she even told me like the name. She And just out of pure luck, I didn't go and look up the brand or do any research on this. It's what used to lie to Sarah. It was like we're going to a dinner. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the only question I I asked she says we're going to an influencer dinner I said oh for what brand Cindy goes uh Tori make something up I was like it's like it's a vegan beauty brand she's like okay whatever um and so we get on the subway we go and we get out of the train like right in front of this restaurant and I'm like oh is this it because I think they were literally having an event and Cindy goes no it's over here come on so she takes me around the corner and, and there are two theaters on this corner it's like the Shakespeare theater and then the Moulin Rouge theater and I'm looking at both, and I'm like, oh, we're going to go see a Shakespeare play? Oh, like, what a cute surprise. But I was kind of like, what, in my head? It was literally like and then- <laughs> the Camelot Motel. And she was like, ooh, are we going here? I was like, I'm not taking you to a motel for your birthday. No, Cindy grabs me by the shoulders and goes, Sarah, Sarah, what's across the street? And she was <laughs> I was like, like oh. I started crying. It was so cute. What was the best birthday surprise you've ever received? Your um, survivor birthday party? I ate that one up. Yeah. I, literally, I literally was an hour late to my own birthday. So, okay, my babysitter when I was a little kid was a, a event planner. 
period. I'm pretty sure her name was Sarah, actually. I, I might have made that up. I think it's Sarah. Um, and so she planned my birthdays for me. And one, like one year I had a, oh, that was the survivor party. One year I had like a disco party and like there were records with my face on them. And like she would melt the records in the oven and form them into bowls. And like they would eat out of the bowls with my face on it. It was giving an icon actually. That's crazy. I, mean, I was like five. Imagine like my face blowing up on a record and you're like, ooh. Um, and then I had a survivor birthday party. I was an hour late because I was getting my hair done naturally but i went to literally the army store and got cargoes like we were eating up i had dog tags with my name on it for everyone like we were eating it up and i walked in the survivor of my destiny's child and that was the moment they were all like whoa and i was like yeah She's a bad i've bitch. arrived <laughs> um it's all very leo of you it was i'm a cancer though but you know sometimes you gotta keep them on their toes gotta mix it up and we had like a fear of, i don't know why i don't know really know what survivor was i'd never seen the show but i knew that i liked camo and i liked destiny's child so it was giving survivor naturally and um i had like a fear factor activity where like we would make like random food like there was like one that was like i remember this so vividly it was tuna with whipped cream and cherries on top and it was like you had to blindfold and eat it and if you ate like the whole plate you got a prize and the prize was something with my face on it <laughs> and you know what like i said because icon. guess what the, literally that's our motto of the podcast you are the prize i think we've said that yeah. 14 times so yeah. It all comes together. It all is just full circle. So I have a little, before we get started with the topic, a little fun thing for Sydney and I to do because I keep bringing it up on the podcast and she keeps saying, what is that and what is Hogwarts and what is Harry Potter? And I don't care because guess what? 99.999% of people know what their Hogwarts house is. I told you mine's Slytherin. Okay, well, we're going to retake the quiz. I should say, no, it's not. No, because I don't think, I. you know what? I agree that you're Slytherin because I'm a Slytherin and I took the quiz and... I literally picked answers that I thought would get me Hufflepuff because I always thought I was a Hufflepuff. And then I ended up getting Slytherin. Could have been a fluke. I don't know. But some of them are very obvious. It's like, do you like day or night? You know, and they probably don't put Slytherins into the I love day category. Oh, but that's I, what I chose. This little fraudulent website because it'd be like, to be your answer, sign up. I know exactly what it looks like. And it's it was the like, official account. It's like Snow Owl or not Snow Owl. Yes. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've taken it a million times, but I don't know what the answer was. So we are going to do it on the podcast right now, and it's going to take five minutes, and I'm so excited to get in. I'm just waiting for it to load, because I had to make you an account. So you <laughs> but I use my email. I use my own email. You know they have these little kids on here putting in their parents' email. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get started. It's loading. Okay. Pick one. This is so funny. Pick one. Stars or moon? Girl, I don't know. Moon? Actually, moons. I don't really see stars in New York. Which of the following would you most hate people to call you? Ignorant, selfish, ordinary, or cowardly? Um, actually, all of the above. <laughs> Which one, though? Ignorant, I guess. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, ignorant. Got it. You're so going to get Ravenclaw. Oh, she sounds kind of cute. Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw's for the smart people. I used to want Raven hair so badly, and my parents told me that I was black. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... When you're here, because like I already have like pretty dark hair, but like if it was so black that it looks a little purple. Your joke execution is so funny. It wasn't a joke. I was being told me that I was being serious. I did say that. (laughs) Um, You enter an enchanted garden. What would you be most curious to examine first? So I say it one more time. Okay, sorry. We we say it. Yes, I I didn't hear what you said. You enter an (laughs) enchanted. I wasn't listening. You enter. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, I forgot you're talking to me. I'm here, I'm present. I'm in the moment. Okay. You enter an enchanted garden. What would you be most curious to examine first? 
fat red toadstools that appear to be talking to each other. I'm actually so sorry. I was trying. I was trying to get out of the app. Actually, I actually was swiping out. I was swiping out. That was literally. I was listening so much. Red red toads that sing. Yes, yes. That's what you said. Oh my god! Stop. I swear it's only five minutes. Fat red toadstools that appear to be talking to each other. So mushrooms, Sydney. Mushrooms, not toads. The bubbling pool in the depths of which something illuminous is swirling. The silver-leafed tree bearing golden apples, or the statue of an old wizard with a strangely twinkling eye. Okay, well, why would I be in the garden by the, in the first place? <laughs> yeah. I Number don't know. two, who wrote that? I don't know. I guess the J.K. Apples. Rowling, Rowling. I guess the apples or whatever. The apple one. Okay. Um, what nightmare would frighten you most? Um, standing on top of something very high and realize nothing was beneath you. Being forced to speak in such a silly voice that hardly anyone can understand you and everyone laughs at you. <laughs> Waking up to find that neither your friends nor your family have any idea who you are or an eye at the keyhole of the dark windowless room in which you are locked. Okay, whatever that was. That's the, the one. second to last. The waking up to find that neither your friends nor family know who you are? Yeah. Okay. Uh, choose a category to continue. Cats, toads, or owls? Um, owls. I was about to say, we all know it's not cats. Yeah, definitely not no toad. <laughs> Would you like uh, a barn owl? Looks like that. Um, snow. A tawny owl. You want a snowy owl? Yeah. Okay. I told you, that's the only question I remember. Um, if you could have any power, what would you choose? The power to read minds, the power to change the past, power of invisibility, power to speak to animals, power of superhuman strength, or the power to change your appearance at will? Ooh, I can become an IG baddie. Um... Mm, do you want to hear him mm, again or do you know i know i don't know if i want to be able to read minds because then more less men would waste my time or if i want to be invisible so i could pull up and see what was being said about me but at the same time i'd be able to do that if i could read minds do i have to be in the room to read the mind well because i feel like sometimes you know how you have dark thoughts that aren't necessarily true i feel like if you were invisible then you could hear what actually gets filtered out but I don't even care about that. No. I care about, what, you, what are you thinking about me? Like, all these men that waste my time, are you wasting my time on purpose? Oh. Mm. Oh, and you know, right, you know, I, I guess that would make sense. Okay, yeah. You and want... I'd be, like, a lawyer, so, like, that'd be nice if I could be, like, are you telling the truth? Okay, so to read minds? What was that the question? Yes. Yeah, that's a very slytherin answer. I feel like you're on the right track. Would you rather be liked, trusted, feared, envied, imitated, or praised? Do you want to hear those again? No. Okay. Um, it's just so hard. Liked. <laughs> you said liked? So I feel like in order to be liked, you have to be trusted. Tails yeah. or heads? I don't know. Heads. Pick one. <laughs> I don't like tails. All right, here we go. It's loading. I want to be Ravenclaw. The sorting hat is ready to make its decision. Let's see now what it has to say. Now sign up and pay four ninety nine. See the answer? <laughs> it's, it's free. You're Ravenclaw. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Period. I knew it. I knew it. I knew like it. Like I said, when I asked to get Raven hair, I for foresaw this yes so you can read minds now apparently um you read the sorting hats mind see now we know and now i can rest easy and now everybody on the podcast knows what you are that's like my biggest red flag actually you embody a keep called my red flags but in a Thanks, way that baby. i like. <laughs> like you watch her listen to her whatever you do to harry potter you read it oh true crime you don't like that i'm into true crime no, right the disney, disney adult, adult that's the big one but I still like you. That's good. Thanks. I really appreciate that. <laughs> like if any other person's like, oh my God, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I think that's in the same vein as like people are obsessed with Elvis mm. or no, actually the scariest three types of people really to me, um, people that are obsessed with Hello Kitty. 
you're a grown adult. People obsessed with uh, Tinkerbell, you're a grown adult. But like not My Tinkerbell. Little Pony too is a weird one. Okay, that one like I wouldn't even be in a conversation. No. And the third one is um, oh not Tinkerbell, Tweety Bird. I was about to say Tinkerbell is so specific. No, Tweety Bird. Okay. Because I don't even know what show that's from, but people Looney like Tunes. wait. They'll have it like on their <laughs> car steering wheel. Oh, why? <laughs> it's a bird. I don't speak. <laughs> It really makes me uncomfortable. People that like Charlie Brown. I can't stand that show. Oh, no, it actually... Oh, I my God. I love Peanuts. Oh, my God. What's his name? Linus? Yeah. Ugh, oh, and God. Snoopy's so cute. I don't... It's a drawn dog. Yeah. Oh, we I can't. Me, me, me. Well, if you think about all animation, like, they're all drawn, too. <laughs> huh? It's a drawn dog. Well, that's, like, all animation. Yes. You know? But, like, I cried when, you know, Simba's dad died, Mufasa. That's different. He was cute. And he was drawn a little bit better. <laughs> He was Simone. drawn a little bit better. That's Simone. so funny. So how do you feel about your house? Are you excited to know? Yeah. Do you want to know some qualities? Okay, too bad. I'm going to read them to you anyway. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Wit, learning, and wisdom. That totally makes sense. What was the middle one? Learning. It's so like curious. Curious minds. They had such... Wait, it was wit, learning, and wisdom? Wit, learning, and... No. Wit, yeah. Wait. That could have been alliteration and they fumbled the bag on that. <laughs> wit, learning, and wisdom. But it's cute. See, Fine. this is such a that was such a Ravenclaw thing for you to say. <laughs> uh, I missed a couple. And to get into the common house in the school, what you have to do is a, like a plant. I think asks you a riddle, and you have to solve it in order to get into your common room. They took that from Greek mythology. Yeah, they did. Unoriginal. They had a sphinx too in one of the books. They're taking um, these little kids. I feel bad. They could have been playing with some cars, and they're over here sorting and playing whatever that hoop game is oh that's one people that play that game quidditch quidditch that's weird you're an adult stop playing with your broomsticks number three what are we talking about <laughs> you already said your number three you said uh tweety bird hello kitty and quiddle quiddle puff and quidditch. uh quidditch but then you also said peanuts charlie brown so four oh things. yeah four things but there's probably more like if you were a theater kid no i liked theater oh but theater kids, though. Oh, actually, I I kind of I kind of hung out with them a little bit. They were. Yeah, she hangs out with a raging one now, so <laughs> they're adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, "Well, I had this career before, but it was a waste." And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, finding independence in relationships is the topic that we have planned for today. We are very excited because Sydney and I are both very independent people. So I know one topic I wanted to bring up that I thought would be really fun to talk about with you that totally relates to the topic is that one book that we reviewed in our very short lasting book club. Yeah, it was actually one episode. <laughs> Literally one episode. I think we did a part one and part two, but still, you know, one full thing. And we read it on the like notion that it was going to be very um, uplifting and inspiring and very like feminist. And we opened the book and literally upon the first page, we figured out that it was absolutely not like that at all. I think the book had a good intention for sure, but the way they went about it was in a way that just really rubbed me the wrong way. If you are a new listener or, I mean, this was in what? God, the beginning two. of last season. So I would understand if you hadn't listened to this episode. Um, is that the premise was basically be independent as a woman. Again, very clear message, very good. If you want a husband or if you want a guy, you know, act independent to the guy. It was all very like do all of these healthy things with the intention of getting a man. And Cindy and I, that entire episode where we reviewed the book, we felt that that was just not the right way to go about that message. I'm sure a lot of women related to it, but... It really wasn't because Cindy and I have this belief where it's like you should be doing these things and you should be independent for yourself, for your own well-being, not necessarily to like get a boyfriend, you know? And this might be a very hot take. And you know what I hate about the word hot take is when I preface anything with that, the take is very lukewarm. However, <laughs> I think in light of this book, and the book is Why Men Love Biatches, as well as just like general TikTok advice. And we have a whole episode on like how toxic that dating advice geared towards women is on TikTok sometimes. And this might just be me, but like I'm very much under the thought process that if I have to jump through hoops, read a book, play some arbitrary game that, and if you like really think about it, like we used to hunt and gather and like draw in the sand and like 
use mud as hair gel. And now we're talking about, that was very random. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> and now we're like, oh my God, should I text him first? Text him. Like, you know, like if I have to adhere to some arbitrary made up rules that I don't know why they're there. I don't want that person. Like, it needs to be natural. Like, I shouldn't be up worrying, like, oh my gosh, should I double text him or do I look crazy? If I have something to say, I'm going to say it. I don't care if it's text number two, three, four, five, or six, you know? Like, I understand the premise that, like, if someone doesn't respond to, like, a message or someone doesn't let you know what time your date is or things like that, then stop talking to them. Like, I don't need it to be, like, a back-and-forth cat and mouse type of game. And I think that that is one thing I have learned in my era of celibacy is that all these things I used to spend so much time having anxiety over are so pointless. Like, and I think going, looking back at things that make me upset and then like now I'm on the other side of things and realizing that like I don't need a man, like I'm very content with myself. Um, I've been able to like formulate more or better rules for myself. Like for example, I, this is a big problem with my, one of my exes. Oh my God. Sorry, guys. I had a probiotic soda before this episode, and it's really being probiotic. Um, I One problem I had with my ex was that I would, like, ask him to hang out, and he'd be like, whatever, sure. And then I'd be like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, what time? And he wouldn't answer all day. Or, like, he'd be home, and I'd be like, oh, you want to hang out tonight? Are you coming to the city? And he'd be like, maybe. And just, like, wouldn't let me know all day. And I would spend – I'd cry in my bed. I'd be upset I'd have to wait all night. I'm like, did not think about me. Did not think to call or text. Like, was I not a consideration? No, I'm not doing that ever again. I – if we have plans or intentions to make plans, I'm setting myself a time, 2 p.m. If you do not answer by 2 p.m., I don't care if you text me at 2.01, 2.02.23 seconds, 4 milliseconds. I don't care when you text me. You have wasted my time. I have my set rules for myself that I have built out of self-respect. If you don't text me my day with the plan, then we're not hanging out. I don't care if you drove, nope, not doing it, you know? Like, I'm going about my day and prioritizing myself rather than letting myself feel like I need to be anxious over someone who doesn't have any intention to, like, be forward with me, you know? Because let's be real, if someone was really excited about a date that you guys were going to go on, wouldn't have he confirmed or something or have answered about what time to meet you? Because what they always do is then they text you at, like, 8.30 going, hey, I'm at the restaurant, where are you? Like, and you go, uh, you have not responded to me since 9 a.m. yesterday. How was I supposed to know you were still coming? And that's my thing is that, like, these book, these self-help books, these, like, relationship cat and mouse game advice they have on tiktok i get what the purpose is like the underlying purpose it's the execution for me it's like at the end of the day you do not need to play mind games to get someone to like you i think this ties into independence in the sense that like i know that i am my own person i know that i have my own goals i have my own values i have my own like idea of self-worth none of that is dependent upon who i'm with I think at any time when those feelings or ideas of self-worth become tied up in another person, you are not going to be happy because you're going to feel constantly anxious that a person might drop the ball or they did drop the ball, you know? And I think that one thing that's helped me in terms of independence is knowing that, like, I have my own thing going on. Like, I have school. I have work. I have my friends. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to prioritize what's best for me. If you're not giving me what I need, you're not adding value to my life, you're not... Um, you're an addition not a subtraction then like I'm not wasting my time anymore you know I think society pressures women especially to like stay and like oh you can change them you can fix them they'll learn you have to condition them like train them we're not training dogs like these are human beings you know and like 
I'm very much a proponent of if they wanted to, they would. And I do understand that like sometimes things happen that like they actually couldn't. But I think the underlying idea of that sentiment of like if they wanted to, they would. Like if they wanted to hang out with you, they would have made a plan. If they wanted to respect you, they would have. If they liked you and be with you, they would be with you. You know, I think it's very simple at the end of the day. Yeah, anything that's feasible that they could do, if they wanted to, they would. You know? Exactly. And I think also with mind games, how long do those things actually last? Because, of course, when you get in a relationship, no matter how much you want to deny it and say, oh, well, I'm my true self, whatever, you mask at the beginning of a relationship. You're putting your best self forward. And I, I you know... I think masking is a good word because, and I'm using it right now in a positive connotation. Um, I think when people go on like first dates or they're in the period of just seeing another person, you're not showing them all of your true self. You know, that comes way later. And I think that if you lead into it already, putting your best self forward, which is normal, and adding an additional layer of playing games, you know, like I have to wait three hours to text him back. I have to make him think that I'm busy when really you're just sitting in your room. I think that if you keep that up for what two three months how is that actually sustainable because what if you guys end up in a long-term relationship is that just going to end that's not going to make you feel good if they have a negative reaction to you ending these mind games when they actually thought you were I don't know an independent person and really you're not and I think if you're on this self journey to become more independent that's fantastic but do it for yourself and do it for your own mental health and not for a guy because that is never sustainable and it never works out in the long term and like you're Irrespective. Irrespective. Perspective? No, respective. Per. Irrespective. My respective. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it so confidently that it's gonna be the right word. Irrespective <laughs> of now I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Irrespective. Ir. Sorry, I'm t- tapping my shoulder. Irrespective of how attractive this person is or how much you think you're in love with them. Because, girl, I promise you, this could literally be Chris Evans. Sorry, Chris Evans. We love you, Chris Evans. If they don't treat you right, you do not want them. Like, I have been with people who I thought were the most attractive person in the world who are like, it's meant to be, blah, 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 blah. And then you get on the other side and you're like, oh, never mind. But <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. It is. Do you want to be with someone that you have to play games with to be with? Or do you want to be with someone long-term that you feel like you lost yourself in a relationship for? Right? It's not sustainable. It's exhausting. Like, I get that being single is hard. It's not fun sometimes. Like, it might feel lonely. But like we always say, being alone and being lonely are not the same thing. Like, I have been alone for six months now, and I've never felt this confident or happy in myself. And, like, the journey here was not pretty. It was actually pretty ugly and ghetto. But now that I'm here, like, I feel like I can go into relationships so much more headstrong and knowing that I can retain a sense of self. Because I do feel like in my last relationship, I did lose myself. Like, even people tell me that I felt like I was acting different. Like, I only want to spend time with him. And, like, the way that he would respond to me or act, the tone of his text could depict my mood for the entire day. That should not be happening. You know, it's like... If I'm in a relationship with someone, I should be happy. And I get that, like, things happen sometimes. But it's, like, if I feel like I'm constantly in a bad mood or constantly upset or having to change myself to try and appease what I think that they want, I do not and should not be with that person. And I think that's hard to come to terms with when you're in it. But I promise you, being on the other side, you'll thank yourself for doing the work now to ensure your happiness later. Yeah. When you're in a relationship the other person making you feel happy and stable and secure I think those last two words are specific favorites of mine I think that's the most important thing of all time because you know the other things like humor and generosity and kindness are also very important 
but above all you should feel like you're wanted and as a leo and as someone who has a lot of pride i feel like i've been able to get to a place very early on which i'm very happy about where i can base my how attracted i am to a person on how attracted they are to me you know if you show me that you're attracted to me and you respect me and you want to spend time with me that'll just make me all the more attracted to you do you know what i mean so putting aside all the superficial shit if you literally just make me feel secure you're you're good you accomplished step number one you know in my book there are 50 steps but at least you're on the right track i get so oh i get literally so annoyed (laughs) when men are like nice guys finish last no. If you ever call yourself a nice guy, you're not a nice not guy. Not a nice guy. Thank <laughs> you. you know. Like, because you treat a woman with the expected respect, and when I say expected, the bare minimum. B-A-R-E minimum. De minimis. Like, you, literally, you show up. That's all you do. You are not a nice guy. And I think that that's one thing is, like, I feel as though, I don't know if it's because of social media or because of rom-coms or because of the way that we've conditioned ourselves, like, as a species of human beings is that we expect so little from men and when they or not even men relationships in general so when we get that little bit we think that we're fulfilled and i don't know about everyone else but like i'm not and i think about it like think about all the rom-coms you grew up watching like how does a guy in 10 days i was thinking about that before you even said it i yeah. mean when you even introduced this subject i was thinking about how to lose a guy in 10 days or even like sex in the city and like all these rules we learned about like the three date rule or like whatever else was discussed like i love those movies and those shows but like we're still gonna watch them yeah i'm still gonna <laughs> watch them but like thing is we don't realize how formative that is and for so long I thought that that's the way I should have been treated. And I, that's, okay, it's so corny, but the line from person being a wallflower, it's like, you accept the love you think you deserve. I think that is so true. She kind of ate with that. Whoever wrote that. Um, so of course, like, I want some fairy tale lovey-dovey, like, perfect, whatever. But, like, I learned very quickly growing up that that kind of love is not, like, easily accessible. It doesn't happen to most people. But... I didn't realize that, like, I still deserve respect. I still deserve to have high standards. I deserve to be treated well, etc. Like, I know what needs might need to be met in order for me to be happy in a relationship. But I think that instead of realizing that, I was on the other end of the spectrum where I was like, this guy treats me like crap. It makes me feel like sad about myself. At least I'm with someone, and I deserve that, you know? Yeah. So I think retaining some sense of, like, self-worth or self-value and realizing, like we literally said earlier today, you are the prize. Realizing that, like, this person is lucky to have you and they treat you as such is so important. And we've been kind of talking, like, negatively about, I guess, not really negatively, but, like, the steps taken to get to relationship. But now that you're, like, in the relationship, I feel like there are different things that you can do, even if you are happy, to retain some sense of independence, you know? For sure. I don't know if you heard what I said, like, I don't know, eight minutes ago, but I said, when you make me feel stable and secure, that's step one of the way, Yeah, you know? And for me personally, I have about 50 steps. I am very high maintenance. (laughs) I am not ashamed to say that. You know, I take like three hours to do my makeup and I like things a certain way and I I like pretty sparkly things and, you know, um, and I like to go out to eat and whatever. Cindy and I talked about a couple episodes ago, needs versus standards. And I think that those things all count as standards. And then my needs, however, are like generosity, loyalty, security, a sense of humor, etc. All the things that you can't really change about a person, your core values, your personality. And 
I think that when you're with a person like that, it makes it that much easier to be independent because you feel secure. So that's just the first layer of what I have to say. The second thing is that not even talking about relationships. I think being independent in a relationship has nothing to do with the relationship. Little to do with the relationship other than what I just said. I think that, yes, security makes it easy to be independent, but you should already be on that independence journey before you start dating somebody. And if you aren't, and if you are dating somebody and you're like, oh, maybe I do want to work on my independence, all the um, power to you, but just make sure you're doing it for yourself and it's completely independent, you know? And make sure you're just doing the things that you like to do and the things that you're interested in because finding a sense of self is so important. So for example, my boyfriend likes sports and like EDM. I don't like sports and EDM. And yes, I do make sacrifices to go with him to do those things because it makes him happy and therefore it makes me happy. But there is a real sense of power that I cannot explain how self-fulfilling and peaceful it makes me to go and do the stuff that I like to do with the people I love that have nothing to do with him. By myself even. I mean, last week I was um, like in Midtown for a re- I mean, I got my phone stolen, so I was getting a new phone. Not important. And I was kind of wandering the streets in this area that I've never been in. <clears throat> And it was like six o'clock on a Friday. I didn't have plans for the next three hours. And I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find a jazz bar and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to tell nobody that I'm here. And I'm, you know, and I'm going to just sit here and enjoy. And I'm not going to lie. My first thought was like, oh, let me text Zach and see if he's out of work. See if he wants to join me because I know he works near here. No, I wanted to do something for myself at the time that I wanted to do it. I didn't want to wait for anybody. I didn't want to depend on anybody else. And that's just one example of how I've tried to incorporate independence in my relationship. But doing stuff like that for you, it makes you a better person, not only for yourself in the sense where it gives you peace and sanity, but it makes you a better partner, you know, because it gives you the space that you need. And it gives you like the independence that is necessary in every relationship, in my opinion. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the 
best conversations. Like we have fun, but then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I think that sometimes people see independence and relationship in the same sentence as an oxymoron. And I think it's the, actually the complete opposite because... Wait, what was it? I was reading something. And there you go. Are you your armpit? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you know what? Sorry. I am playing with my armpit right now, everybody, because I missed it. This is the smallest patch of hair when I was shaving today. Why are you playing with it? <laughs> I don't know. It's really... I just looked up your, your acrylics to play with it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like trying to braid it. <laughs> Ew. All right. Ew. That was disturbing. <laughs> People like hear the phrase independence and the relationship and think of it as an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp. I don't know why that was my example. <laughs> we're like, I totally know where you're going with this, and I completely agree. Yes, I don't think it is no. because, okay, when we say independence, we mean like having a life outside of your relationship. Yeah, like I think there's independence emotionally, there's independence physically, independence the other lees. But okay, <laughs> start with emotionally. We kind of already talked about it, but I think, like I said, even my last like situationship, like these last few months. I, or before my celibacy, um, I was like, I'm not even dating this person and my emotions are so tied up with them that I'm acting in a way that I've never acted before, one, and I feel like I'm losing myself. Like the way that I was acting, it's nothing I would ever do before and it's not me. And I could recognize that as it was happening, it was starting to freak me out. And I think the reason was that I was subconsciously connecting my sense of happiness or sense of self or sense of self-worth in that person. So, like, if they didn't answer my text or they got with someone else or they treated me any kind of way, it was like, hey, what's wrong with me? Not why is this not a healthy situation? Or they wouldn't text me back or they wouldn't act the way I expected them to. What's wrong with me? Uh, nothing. Like, it's not about who I am as a person. And the way that they treat me, the way that they act, like we always say, is a reflection of them, not a reflection of my worth. And that took me a long time to, like, not only understand and realize, but to internalize. So that's what I mean when I say, like, I want to be independent emotionally. I mean, I love this person. I have feelings for them. I want to be there for them and be a good partner. But at the same time, I need to know that, like, as an individual, I'm whole. Like, they are not, people are like, we're two souls in one. No, I am my own soul. I am my own person. You add to my life. You are not what makes me whole. Yeah, or we share the same heart. Or, yeah, I hate Like, you make me whole. No, you're not a puzzle, baby. No. Um, You're whole on your own. I think that's the first thing. Second is independence physically in the sense of like kind of what we were talking about. It's like being able to go on my own or hang out with my friends and be fine. Like I do not need to be with that person 24 freaking hours Man, you literally a day. said I have three points and here they are. Yes. <laughs> Game lawyer. 
and that's weird because I'm coming up with this on the fly. Yeah, Perfect. It's okay. Um, I do not need to be with that person 24 hours a day. And in my old relationship, it's like I felt like I had to be with him all the time or I'd be upset. Like, okay, that's giving codependent. Don't want to do that. And I think people are like, but you're supposed to be in love. Blah, blah, blah. Um, no. Yes, you can be in love and still spend five minutes or one yeah, night. Yeah, that's not what love is. Love isn't attach, attachment at the hip. That makes no sense. And I think even so, like having a strong sense of independence will make you a better partner in the sense that like, if I'm able to be on my own and pour into myself, be confident in myself and work on myself, then I can show up as a better partner, you know? So I think that while it might seem oxymoronic, <laughs> sorry, I'm saying for exams, so I like when I use big words. Um, <laughs> at the same time, like doing that work on myself and giving myself a sense of independence and like ability to be outside the relationship will help my relationship in turn be healthier. Exactly, because I mean, when I find that I, you know, have my parents over for like a long weekend, or when I choose to, you know, even if let's say that there might have been plans involved in the first place, if I had to change those plans because I know I need space, that is very, very healthy to go hang out with my friends, I do so. And I think that in turn, that makes me show up the next time me and my boyfriend hang out as a better partner. And I know he does the same thing, which makes me really happy. So it is not oxymoronic at all, but you do need to focus on being independent yourself, even if your goal is to, especially if your goal is to show up as a better partner, not even, I meant especially if your goal is to show up as like a better girlfriend or a better boyfriend, a better partner in general, your focus should be on yourself primarily. Put yourself first, especially if it is to show up as someone's better half, you know? I think, like, one thing that isn't really talked about enough is that with independence comes trust. Because, yeah. like, I see this on TikTok. I see it with my friends. I see it, I guess, in other places where <laughs> it's, like, like, boys' night. Every girl gets scared. People looking at stories, listening to the audio in the background of the stories looking at maps like, find oh my, my god friends. i saw a set of acrylic nails in the background of this one picture on a story exactly like because they're not with you you don't trust them that is a big a big old red flag like i know that like if i'm with someone and i got with my girls i'm not doing anything that's going to jerk us my relationship because i'm a human being know how to act you know so i feel like if you have a problem or they have a problem with you hanging out with your friends that's a sign of control number one ill and if you cannot trust your person to hang out with their guy friends or their girlfriends or whatever because you don't trust them that is a red flag you should be able to trust your partner and if you don't then maybe reflect on that exactly because think about it that could either be a you problem like you could have trust issues based off of your last relationship family friends extenuating circumstances or it could be a reflection of what your partner is showing you and I think that exactly what Cindy said if you do find yourself not trusting your partner a good look in the mirror is what's needed whether it's either of those problems and I we you know we also talked about recently your partner having friends of the opposite sex and how a lot of people get really intimidated by that but Cindy and I were saying a couple episodes ago how we think that's actually really really important because that shows you not only how they act around people of your own gender if that applies to you but also how they act around those people when you're not there and I think that can build trust as well you know like you're a normal person treat like you know treat everybody the same you know it shouldn't make a difference and even like story time um <laughs> if you listen to this podcast this the latter half of the second season um you know that my ex was extremely unfaithful like not even cheating once twice or 10 times more like 25 million 11 times i'm so sorry no honestly i don't even know how many have that much time in a week like i don't even commend him for that 
But um, it kind of made me feel more controlling. Like, I wanted to know where he was at all times. I don't know why I didn't tell myself, hey, he's cheating. You know that. Why are you concerned about where he is? Like, he's doing it. And so (laughs) he's doing doing it. Like, it doesn't really matter where he is, honestly. However, I will say a while there, I did have his location. He would still cheat. He did not care. Um, he went on a boys trip and this is like probably the last big thing that ended our relationship because if <laughs> you saw our last episode last season, I was crying on it because I found out he was cheating again. This is after that, unfortunately. Um, he went on a bachelor trip to Vegas and I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew he's going to do something. I just had that feeling because he does it all the time. Because <laughs> he's never not done anything. He had packed provisions. And, okay, I'm not proud of this one, but I am proud because it made me realize that it was the end. Um, the provisions were new provisions. The They were still saran-wrapped from CVS, if you know what I mean. And so he went on this trip, barely talked to me the entire trip. I was anxious and literally sick to my stomach the entire time because I was like, maybe after this whole ordeal, he's finally learned his lesson. He realizes that, like, he wants to be with me after freaking four years of being together. Maybe he'll, like, finally grow up at the age of 28 and change. Uh, 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 what's that word? I don't know. Spoiler alert. Uh, He didn't. Um, and so he gets home, asks me to come over to unpack his bag. Red flag number 500. And the provisions are no longer sealed and new. And that's how I knew something had happened. And he had the audacity. And mind you, okay, that's too much detail. Anyway, remind (laughs) you, mind you that I had inquired about if he had done anything. And he was adamantly like, no, I did not. So I was like, did you play with them? Like, were you guys using them as balloons? Like, why were they open and used? Um, and continued to lie and lie and lie and lie and lie until finally, like, I had confronted him. And I was like, you have one more chance to tell me the truth or I'm done. Told me the truth. I mean, I was still done. Spoiler alert. But that was the thing. I was like, why was I, like, thought it was normal to feel sick and anxious about him doing something on his own? That shouldn't have, like, that wasn't really anxiety. The anxiety it, like subconsciously was that I knew he was doing something unfaithful yeah that should be what I'm focusing on I should, that feeling should not be normal for anyone you know and I think that was the final like push I needed to realize that like you're dating someone who's a habitual cheater that's not going to change you cannot change him after four years he's gonna keep doing what he Once wants to cheater, do always a cheater so I think that's when I learned time to snip snip cut I yeah. did snip snip cut actually it took four years and a lot of heartbreak but we no talked about this earlier this season too, but the phrase once a cheater, always a cheater, Sydney and I were trying to debunk it. And we realized that 99.999% of times the phrase is true. And I guess there is an exception to that rule, maybe once in a great while, meaning 0.0001% that like if they cheat once, okay, like whatever, it's a slip. But literally, if your man is cheating on you and you know it, I'm telling you right now, there's a 99.999999% chance, not just your boyfriend, you're not just your husband, like anybody that you're seeing, whatever, there is a very, very good chance that that will never change, unfortunately. Um, Also, so before we wrap, I am going to share something that, because I feel like obviously I've been talking about my relationship a lot on this episode because that's the topic, but I'll share something that I'm struggling with in this regard in my relationship and I'll preface it with this. Right now... My boyfriend and I have been dating for, or seeing each other for, I think, around eight months. Crazy to think about. And we still do not have our location shared with each other. And I've never brought it up because in my previous relationship, we had our location shared with each other, I think, since month one. And 
he used that as ammunition against me I think once a week you know like oh I thought you said you were on your way home I thought you said you were home and then I'd get home two minutes later just weird stuff like that where he would always try to use that as a seed of distrust when really nothing was happening it was that it's literally the topic of the whole episode so I think and I know obviously my current boyfriend and my ex are not the same person but at the same time it's really hard just because of such a recent experience that I've had to go into it because I of course I can't help but think even though he's done nothing to indicate that he would act that same way what if I share it with him and that is just you know what I mean so I'm kind of like avoiding it and I feel like even if he did ask to share my location I don't know what I would say I don't know if I'd be like okay or if I would kind of say oh I'm not really ready for that yet when we've literally been dating for eight months so I kind of wanted to get your opinion and if you have an opinion or advice free to dm us but I figured I'd share something that wasn't so perfect about my side of things where maybe I could seem a little bit more relatable two things one like you kind of already said it yourself but I think it's so easy to project fears from a past relationship onto a current one mm-hmm. I did the same thing um recently and I think that's, like, self-work you have to do to realize, like, these are different people. But I think getting to the root of the fear of, like, it being a distrust thing, um, I think to realize that you have to give him the chance to trust, you know? So I think that if he does react the same way that your ex did, uh, snip, snip, you know, like, <laughs> it, that's going to reveal what you need to know. You know, I think the fear is that they're going to act in a way that you're not going to like. Yeah. But if they do, then, like, that's indication that they're going to act that way anyway. At least you know now and not later, you know? Exactly. Also, that shit can be revoked so fast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> turn location off, you know? Um, I love locations. I'd be on my little map like, ooh, where is everyone? Everyone's home. Okay. Yeah. Well, because also it's a safety thing as well. I mean, I know I'm always on my location checking to see if Camden, you or Chance are getting home, especially if, like, you're out or Chance is out or whatever. But at the same – because uh, we're all really bad texters. But, yeah, we are. But, you know, for safety purposes, if you or Chance or Camden – want to know if anything's wrong you guys have my location I don't necessarily need my current boyfriend to have my location even if it is for safety purposes because my mom has it my dad has it you know and I have nothing to hide in that regard so it's like it's not like he needs to have it I don't really know why I would ask him to have it at this point but it's almost like do I just bite the bullet and go ahead and ask to get my answer or it's not even I'm not even looking for an answer you know like this isn't really a test. I feel like I set this up to seem as if, oh, I would only ask him to see if he is the same as my ex. And that's not really what I'm implying. And I know you know that, but I just want to make sure everybody knows that. Um, but at the same time, and this is top of mind just because my phone did recently get stolen and I was out with my boyfriend. And it would, be, it would have been really helpful if he had my location. And he was like, oh, you know, as a joke, Next time we go out, make sure you share your location with me. And I was like, mm, yeah, and I just kind of never did. I would just, I wouldn't even make it a conversation. I would just share it. Okay. That's one really? thing also that I feel like our generation does that I also do actually every three seconds. We make everything such a big deal. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, should I ask him if we it's should It's a click eat? of a button. Like, yeah. oh my God, should I say my location? Like, oh, just do it, you know? Nike, Arete. Yeah. I like, though, I, I you know, and this kind of relates to the topic of the episode. I like that I am not worried about sharing my location with him, you know, just like, oh, I'm worried about what he thinks, but because of something that's personal and, like, something that's unique to my own experience. Honestly, we're done with the episode. It's 50 minutes. We can Bye. Have. 
We love you. Make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Crying in Public Podcast. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart or wherever you get your podcasts. We love you. We're going to go. We just got a huge PR box from Poppy. And we are going to enjoy our new grape flavored soda. <laughs> Goodbye. No, do the grape soda. <laughs> no, the one that's like, do the strawberry soda? No, I want the grape. Wow. No, yeah. orange. Is it strawberry and orange? I thought, I don't know. I thought it was strawberry and like you should get the grape soda. soda. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Orange soda. soda. Oh, yeah, you're right. Bye. Bye. Hello. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.